finally made it today. <laughs> traffic. <laughs> yeah, traffic. Yeah, oh I hate to I hate to complain about traffic, but it's too it's busy. It is busy. It's just like, you know, I thought, you know, when you plan and you leave and you're like, okay, it's only going to take maybe 15 minutes, like, whatever, and it ends up taking 25, I, it, and you're like, oh, my God, what's going on? You get behind a golf cart, you just have to oh, call in sick. It's not going to happen. But, yeah. Scott, um, you're executive director of A.H. Monroe, and you all are part of a, a team, a, a group of uh, entities behind the uh, affordable housing uh, plan, the project to build um uh, you know, housing units at uh, at the Truman Waterfront, and can you just tell us, just give us the the bullet, so to speak, of what what is the plan exactly? Uh, sure. Um, of course, I could you know talk with you all day I about know, this I'm project, uh, but the uh, the team is uh, Vescor um, and uh, Tapino and Company and uh, H Monroe. And um, Vescor is a developer of workforce and tax credit affordable housing. Of course, the Topino family has been in the Keys for, for forever, and they will be on site for the construction. And A.H. Monroe will manage the property management, eligibility, um, getting people uh, moved in, uh, and then... Uh, uh, handle that from there. Um, that's what we do, you know, very well is the property management and eligibility. But, you know, I'm, it's interesting in the sense that the way the funding works in order t- for tax credit to build, uh, which is basically a program through Florida Housing Finance Corporation, um, and it's very competitive to get development funds for affordable workforce housing. And the very first question on the application is, do you have site control of Mm -hmm. 50 plus years in order to keep it affordable uh, to its perpetuity? So, So it's not one of those things where you have big development and investors that can come in and build something, then step away, and then 10 years later it goes to market rate and and all of that, and everything that was supposed to be affordable suddenly disappears, and everybody says, well, what happened to affordable? This is a completely different program where the funding that is coming from the state requires it to stay affordable, and in order to do that, um, we have to have that site control Mm -hmm. and the city's charter this current charter does not allow them to do a lease with anybody on Ah. the site for more than 20. so that's where the referendum has come into play we have the referendum coming up january 18th january 18th so get out and vote because it's it's critically important that the city be able to extend that lease uh within their within their charter for the 3.2 for 50-plus years. So now people say, well, why 99 years? Mm-hmm. Well, we are doing a home ownership component on the site, and the funding for the home ownership piece requires a 99-year uh, commitment. Uh-huh. So thus, with a 99-year lease with uh, our team, we're able to offer not only satisfy the rent portion for the funding for 50 plus years, but we're also able to do the home ownership side to satisfy the 99-year portion of it. So once we have that in place and the referendum passes, um, and I'm hopeful that it will, um, that that then we can start lease negotiations with the city. And that's when we can have a lot of community input on the design uh, and how much 
uh, rental versus how much home ownership. Because right now, the plan that is out there now from an RFP that was put out by the city for developers to apply was really visionary in design because we had to have the referendum passed first in order to do a lease extension for anybody to do anything on the site. Mm. And so the RFP was more, what would you do with the site? Um, if all of the bells and whistles and the universe was all in line, what would you do with the site? So we were one of the teams that put forth um, a visionary plan. And of course, that has to be flexible. It has to be flexible in the sense that, for example, we originally had proposed commercial space mm -hmm. because that was one of the things that Bahama Village and Breback had originally for many years wanted to incorporate both multi-use housing and commercial. Well, the site is only 3.2. We're not going to be able to accommodate everyone's wish list for the site. But going back to the community and saying, hey, look, we really don't want to have the traffic congestion, the um, commercial space. We'd rather have it more for home ownership and residential use only. So commercial is off the table. We took commercial out and increased the uh, original proposal from 16 homes to 28 homes that will be for sale. Oh, okay. Um, and we currently have 98 rentals. That can still change. Okay. Um, because it still has to go through planning, hark, all of those tree commission, all of those, uh, you know, uh, DRC, everything uh, will have to go through each one of these, um, uh, all of the boards and committees that will have a say. So I'm sure that it will come down in total, but the homeownership won't change. We'll either have 28 or more if we can do that. Um, what will decrease is the rental side. If we have to decrease the number of anything, it will be on the rental side. So um, the most important thing is that, you know, it's very much needed, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, it is workforce housing, which means that the rent is controlled. It's a published rate by the state. I can't set the rent, can't change the rent. It's published by the state. Uh, even if I wanted to charge less or charge more, you can't. Um, it's published. And they range from what we call 25% AMI to 120% AMI on the rental. And that basically means rents anywhere from, and this is without a utility allowance because a utility allowance um, is given for each of the rental units, but it's averaging on the low end of the 25% AMI mm -hmm. to of about $460 a month to to 2200 a month, depending on where you are, where you are. on okay. the AMI. So all of this is based on income, and that's what makes this affordable. Rather than having a typical development or developer come in and say, all right, I'm going to build an apartment complex, and all the rents are going to be $2,500 a month, mm -hmm. whether you can afford that or not. It's all $2,500 a month. Well, that's not the case with workforce housing. It's based on your income. So after we we determine the household income of your household, then your rent is determined by that. Okay. And so that's that's the beauty of this project. Um, home ownership is very similar. Home ownership obviously is a mortgage rather than rent. And those and folks that are households that are the on the sixty to one hundred percent of area medium income 
are going to have home prices anywhere from 180000 to 300000 depending on where you fall uh, on the AMI, as well as do you want two-bedroom or three-bedroom, that sort of thing. And those mortgages are subsidized because it costs more than that to build in Key West. Sure, sure does. Um, on the hi- on the higher end of home ownership of the 120s and 140% AMI, those units are going to cost probably right around the cost to build, which is just slightly over 400. Um, people, you know, said, "Well, that's that's still expensive." It's a we have to cover the cost of well, to in, build in Key West. So. It, it's that's a really good price. I know. I mean, you know, Bahama Bill is you're not going to get yeah, anywhere in Key West. Everything it, is like eight hundred plus or seven. Yeah, those days of plus. half yeah. a million for something on Flagler is just not. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see it. So everything is based on your median income. Your income determines your rent or your mortgage, the, mm-hmm. the costs. And again, that's yes. federal government that sets that, I, I believe. Yeah, it's it's modeled after the HUD uh, guidelines. Every county in the state um, has a different um, AMI or area median income. So area median income for Monroe County is $84,400 a year. Okay. That's area. That is the county's area meaning income, and what that means is it, that's not the average. What that means is that half of the population makes more than that, and half of the population makes less than that. Gotcha. And so what it's doing is it's taking twenty five percent of that eighty four thousand, thirty percent, forty percent, sixty percent, hundred percent. That's how it works. And that that that's where you fall on the AMI of that eighty four four hundred. So a lot of people says, well, you know, Scott, you know, what does twenty five percent of AMI translate to, or what does a hundred percent of AMI translates to? If you're a household of two, it usually falls on the low end of twenty four thousand all the way to about one hundred and thirteen thousand. So it. that's the range of household income. And I'm just, you know, it, it changes based on do you have three people, four people, five people? Does your mother-in-law live with you and she gets Social Security income? That, that sort of thing. So that based on this example for just two people in the household, we're talking about people who would be eligible to live on the site is between that 20, 22, 20,000 area, uh, 22, household income to about 113. So that's what we're looking at as what the AMI actually translates into household dollars. Okay. So that's what makes, and that's where we really are. That's really where the gap is for people who are looking for housing. Uh, if you're, especially if you're on the lower income, if you are, let's say 80% or less, mm-hmm. 80% area median income would be anywhere from say 67 70,000 if you are if your household is less than that it is so difficult to find affordable rent yes. and available and available and available mm-hmm. um you know right now and I'm, I'm sure you're hearing it too even if you have means even if you yes, have even people with dough it it's so hard it's, to find something and and um especially if i mean i i don't know of any one bedrooms that are under two grand, I would think two grand would be 
cheap down here for a market rate one bedroom. Right, it is you're exactly right. And these, and of course, again, these uh, the rents are controlled by the state and not by the market, mm -hmm. which is really really important. And that's been another qu question of of okay, um, you get this ninety nine year lease and um, you build the property. All right, you're 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 doing the state's published rents, and then 20 years from now, the state wants to—I mean, the city wants to change its mind. City wants to say, okay, um, we want to do something else with the site, mm -hmm. or we want to make it market rate. Can't do that. Once 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 the we enter into funding from the state, the fund the state will require that the city enter into what's called a land use restriction agreement, which means that you have to follow those affordable guidelines for 99 years. So the city can't come in and say, ah, you know, we've done this affordable housing on the site and we want to change it. Uh, can't do that. So it, it, that's been a, a, a big question uh, that has been coming off of social media and coming across my desk is, so what, what keeps it affordable? What keeps it from going to market rate? And that's that land use restriction agreement that is critical and is required mm -hmm. um, to, re to accept the funding that's going to build the project. So the city will own the, the whole thing, right? No, the city owns the land. The land. And the team, for instance, Vescor, uh, Topino, and A.H. Monroe actually own the building. Uh -huh. We own the building. And, of course, the home ownership pieces, the people who uh, have mortgages own their own their, mm -hmm. own their uh, unit or their house. Um, but the city's role in this is they're the leaseor. They only own the land. Uh, they don't own, they won't own any of the buildings on the site, which also makes it better in the sense that not only can the city come in and change their mind because they don't own the buildings, but it also protects against the fact that investors can't come in, uh, an, another oh. investor can't come in and say, in, in other words, we can't, the team, Vescor and us, we can't turn around and sell it because we don't own the land. Gotcha. So there's because protections built there's, in. There's, there's, there's levels of protection that are all put in place so that you can't have the scenario where a foreign investor comes in and buys up uh, that we sell it to for a bunch of money and we step away. You can't do that because we don't, one, don't own the land. Two, you can't do that because of the land use restriction agreement. Now, if something was to happen like, all right, A.H. Monroe decided to close its doors and we're out, or Vescor says, okay, we're out. You know, we don't want to be owners of this project anymore. The only thing we can do is we can't sell it. We can transfer it to someone to keep it under its same rules, its same component. You can transfer that ownership, mm -hmm. but you can't sell it. Can't so, sell it. And now who who will manage the who's in charge of applications and that would be AH Monroe. Okay. So so we're doing we're the boots on the ground. So that will be our role for the application, eligibility uh, property management, um, all of that. So uh, once we get past the referendum, which as soon as uh, on the 19th, uh, that week uh, we will have a application on our website to where you can go uh, apply. And that will be critically important for us to receive data back from those applications is because then we'll be able to see what AMI mm. – 
is the most need both within the rental and both within the home ownership. And we'll be able to then say, okay, let's adjust our numbers a bit on on the actual units. Maybe we need more 100% AMIs. Maybe we need more 60% AMIs. We'll be able to take that early, early data from the applications to then when we go into our application for funding, which will be March, is the next uh, application for funding for the site. Then we'll be to have a much better idea of the mix of units that we want to put on the application for funding. Gotcha. Because we don't know you don't know yet, but it, we're we're probably envisioning one bedrooms, three bedrooms, two bed. Like it, it'll be a mix. We're going to do right? it, we're doing a mix of ones, twos, and threes on the rentals, mm-hmm. and on the home ownerships, it's all twos and threes. All twos and three bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And um, I know we're running out of time, but oh, no. you have been amazing, by the way. You, you know everything about this. Um, I guess I, I, what what is to keep? Um, I, I assume the applications you got to qualify first. That you'd right. be checking them, and then is it first come first serve? Is it we have. Um, that was we have a, a what's called an affirmative marketing plan, which actually uh, is a HUD model, uh, and we use that now on Marty's Place, Point Siena, okay. and all of our properties. And basically, the way that it works is that uh, we uh, anyone who's living in census in the census tract of Bahama Village, when they turn in their application, once once we identify that uh, individual or that household that is living within the census tract of Bahama Village, they are considered a level one priority on the wait list, which allows them to go through the process first. It doesn't guarantee them a unit or anything like that. It just, because it's based on eligibility of your income. Can you, do you make too much money? Do you not make enough money? Do you, you know, you have too many people in your household? Whatever the case may be, the eligibility is determined after you go through the waitlist process. So, so for that first part of it, the waitlist is priority one is those living in Bahama Village. And let's say we go through that waitlist and we qualified everyone that's in level one and there's 10 units left mm-hmm. or 20 units left. Then we go to level two. And level two is families with children in living within Key West. Let's say we go through that priority and now we have five units left. And then we go on to the next priority, which is single singles living within Key West because we, you know, that is a critical market mm-hmm. uh, that we need to take care of. And, and after that, if there's anything left, then it goes to Monroe County. To anyone living okay. in Monroe County. That was, um, and uh, I'm, I'm going to let you go, but January 18th is the election day. I know ballots have already gone out. The 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 question, the ballot question referendum is, hey, can the city uh, give a 99-year lease to, to the developers and the team mm-hmm. um, so this can go forward? It has to pass, right? It has to pass. Okay. If, it, if it does not pass, then... Uh, not only nothing will be built uh, for affordable housing, but this we don't have the opportunity to draw down fund, funding to build it. Gotcha. The city doesn't have the money to, because they are the owner of the land, um, but the city doesn't have the money to actually build the project. So we're, it's critical that we apply for funding from the state because then it doesn't cost anyone anything because Mm -hmm. it's funding that is already available to us but in order to draw that money down 
the city has to show that it is going to offer site control for the site for 99 years. So it has to pass or the project pass. can't go forward for those reasons. And um, yeah, no, I you've explained this so clearly. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're I'm welcome. Not, I'm not up to speed on everything, but um, thank you for coming on. And uh, it's a citywide vote too, right? So it's a citywide Key West uh, city residents only. Okay. It's for Key West. And then, of course, uh, tomorrow night we have a Facebook live uh, chat. You can ask me questions. You can ask the team questions. So if I haven't answered anyone's questions, you have a particular okay. questions, we've got Facebook. Facebook Live tomorrow night um, at from 6 to 7, um, as well as you can call me. You can call me, 305-296-6196. I do answer my phone. Uh, you do. I can attest to <laughs> and, and I'm happy to answer any anybody's question that well, they may have on it. I just appreciate you taking all I did keep you late. Uh, thank you, Scott Pridgen, uh, Pridgen. A.H. Uh, Monroe, uh, thank you for all you do for the community. And thank I mean, you. You, I, don't, I know you have a lot to do aside. <laughs> and I you love it. have I been love it. committed to, to uh, get, you know, A.H. Monroe has been dedicated to putting out affordable workforce housing and, and you know, dealing with the management, the whole thing. So Health and you. housing, that's what we do. Health and housing. Scott, have a great day. You too. Talk thank to you, you later. Bye. Bye. And uh, thank you all for tuning in this morning to It's Too Early. We're going to do a song and we're going to come back and uh, do some headlines and look at weather. I think it's going to be nice. We'll see. Uh, K-Flay and Arkell's You Can Get It, Island 1069. Stick around.